Hey everyone, my online course on the rehabilitation of the fitness athlete with Dan Pope is on sale this week. If you want to work with higher level fitness athletes and help people get back into the gym after an injury, this is the course for you. Head to MikeRandall.com slash fitathlete to learn more and sign up this week. On this episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show, we talk about treating full thickness rotator cuff tears non-operatively. The Ask Mike Reynolds Show. Helping people feel better, move better, and perform better. Before we get to the podcast, I wanted to make sure you knew about my free online course on the introduction to performance therapy and training. If you want to learn how to get started optimizing and enhancing performance, this is the course for you. Head to MikeReynolds.com slash performance to sign up today. Welcome back, everybody, to the latest episode of the Ask Mike Reynolds Show. We are up in Boston, Massachusetts at Champion PT and Performance. Lenny McCrina, Dave Tilly, Lisa Russell, Mike Scudetto, Dan Pope mixing it up for you today, answering all your amazing questions. If you have questions, head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link so you can fill out that form. We still get it. I think we're, we have over a thousand questions we got now. Huh. Yeah, like 95% are bad, but no, I'm just kidding. So, no, there's no bad questions, right? Just, just bad person. Bad people. No, so, <laughs> kidding, kidding. Ask us more questions because you know, we, we've been getting a lot of good ones lately. I think people have been watching the show a bunch, right? So... They don't. They're not even asking the same basic <laughs> questions. We're starting to get some like some diverse questions now that I think's pretty cool. But Len, who do we have asking questions today? We'll go from right to left. Me looking at you guys. Whatever. Uh, we have Joe Gawett from Virginia Commonwealth University. Um, we have Fernando, not Jenkins, not Espinosa Jenkins. from the University of Wisconsin. And we have Nick. I still don't know how to say the last name. Formoglioli. <laughs> Evoo. From the University of Duke in Durham, North Carolina. Leroy Jenkins. How did you say your name? I'll just say, I've got an interesting idea. Why don't you just ask him how to So, Fredgemill. 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 We got it? Say it again? You're in the ballpark. Fredgemill. 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 are you up today? I'm up. Oh, wow. wow. Right. Pulling up on Fraser Mill. All right, let's do it, Fernando. What do we got today? All right, Brian from New Jersey. What has been your experience working with individuals, specifically non-athletes, with medium to large size, full thickness rotator cuff tears? Non-operatively. I feel some surgeons instill fear in some of the patients I work with based on MRI findings, where they could prolong surgery or may not need it once they begin PT based on goals. I'm not going to lie. I was really proud of you the first part of that. Like that was, I was like, wow, great first question. He's like very bold, good, and good question. But you faded a little bit okay, at the end. Just, ah, yeah, you can do better next time. Yeah, it's good. No, Fernando, welcome to welcome to the show. That was awesome, everybody. Everybody, welcome Fernando in the comments below. Welcome, awesome. All right, so let's call it a full thickness tear in a non-athlete. I actually like that yeah, because sure. that's more important in this world. There's way more. Full thickness tear. Um, how often are we successful non-operating? Let me, let me first, let me ask a question. How, how common do we think that is? How common do we think full thickness tears in the general orthopedic population yeah. is? I've seen a handful. 
I'm saying some are common, yeah, whether or not they're symptomatic or asymptomatic. Yeah, right. Definitely. So, so probably not uncommon as we age, right? This right. is probably like an attrition type thing as we get there. So that brings up a whole nother question is there's a whole lot of different types of full thickness tears, right? You can have a small full thickness, a big full thickness. You know, I think that's actually like a big part of this question, but why don't we, why don't we kind of start from there? So uh, who has experience with non-operative full thicknesses that have done well? Probably a bunch, right? You definitely. You have yeah. more than you think, Dan. It's called a labral tear. Yeah. So what do you think, Len? Why don't you start off? What's the key to you for somebody that you know has a full thickness and we're trying the non-operative? What's the key to you to, to make sure this is successful? Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously they're coming to you probably because they're in pain. So I could say they're not if they're not in pain, leave it alone. But they're probably having a functional issue, meaning they have pain probably some loss of motion, I'm going to assume, right? Just not going to go to the doctor and get an MRI on their shoulder. They have something going on limiting themselves. So if they have pain, we get to try to calm their pain down. And if we can calm their pain down, can we get their function back? You know what I mean? If they're coming in with a big shrug, if they have a big shrug, not a good sign. But you can still get people stronger, you know, getting the cuff stronger somehow or the deltoid stronger to overtake, overpower what is, you know, probably torn, which is the cuff. So I would say get their pain to calm down, get them as strong as possible, and then make a decision. Some doctors, as the person who sent the question and says, they put some fear in there, however they, they, they word it. Uh, maybe not all doctors do that. I think there's some doctors that are very educated in how they talk to their, to their patients. But if that doctor sees, knows the, the risks involved in that person, their comorbidities, um, and the research that's out, that's out there that does show people can function with a torn rotator cuff, and sends them to rehab, we have to get their pain under control and then work on a general strengthening program and instill confidence in that person that we can get them better. I've seen cases that have improved and let's now, let's take the, take on this challenge and let's try to get them you know, functional again. So I don't know, very simplistic form, but Mike. Yeah, I think the, the fear aspect coming from the doctor is, is definitely important. It may not be exactly what the doctor says and they may not be purposely trying to instill fear. Yeah. fear. But if they, someone tells you you have a full thickness tear in your rotator cuff, like that made the patient may just shut off after that. They may automatically think that they need surgery. So I think then they come to us and they and they're very concerned about that um, because they think the surgery is going to be you know a really tough recovery. Um, but we may be able to kind of spin what the doctor said um, or kind of give them hope that they may be able to recover from this and that we've seen people make progress with that. And I think that goes back to. Uh, being able to make minor changes in their pain or minor changes in their function as much as we can early on kind of gives people hope. And then also setting expectations for them. And it may just be, you know, very, very minor uh, progress, but trending in the right direction will give them kind of hope that this could go better than they think. I think like Mike said, the, the amount of tissue involved is, is critical, right? And yeah. MRI is going to kind of pick that up, but, uh, I mean, a smallish tear, you, you're definitely going to be able to avoid surgery, right? Yeah. And this atraumatic, we're seeing more research that's showing that atraumatic chronic cuff tear has a chance to heal, if not, maybe has almost the same chance as surgery. Because when they have surgery, right, and we fix the cuff, we do second look uh, ultrasounds or MRIs, and between probably 5% and 90%, so the range is huge because that's what the research is saying, has a re-tear one to two years after the surgery, right? So almost everybody re-tears their cuff after having a surgery to fix the cuff, right? So why we have in this 20 plus thousand dollar surgery, 
when they're so, probably just going to retear in the long run anyway. I'm going to throw a curveball into this discussion then. Because if you look at the, the people with the percentages that don't do well with surgery, it's the larger, Correct. more chronic, Correct. more degenerative over time. So let me, let's ask a question again now. You have a small tear now, right? That's non-painful. Does it probably does it get worse? Yes. Does it get worse? Yeah. And, and to me, that's one of those injuries, rotator cuff tears. That if you're, <laughs> if we're just saying it's asymptomatic, ignore the MRI and just and just let them continue to do things. It's that is definitely the type of injury that gets worse over time. Right. And then you go to the point where now you have pain. Now you have some in there. So I'm not saying I I I'm a I'm a big believer in non-operative rehab. In this I'm pretty sure the literature shows that you probably have. A greater than 50% chance that you'll do well with non-operative if you get it early right. enough. So it's an interesting one, though. So so what do you guys do? I mean, Dan, if you got, if you got something else, jump in too. But like, what what if there's no pain? What do we do? I don't know if they'd go to the doctor, right? Yeah, that's Why maybe that's a good there? point. I don't know. You that's know, a good point. That's, I mean, that's going to be the that's one reason like why they, they have pain. Yeah, and then they, how long? They, if they have pain for a day or two, they're not going to the doctor. They have pain for months. Now they're going to the doctor. It's going to be last ditch. I have a frozen shoulder because I had that pain before something. You know what I mean? I have to tell a story about my dad after somebody else goes. (laughs) Too late. No, it's a killer. I can't wait now. Dad, I love you so much. It's a perfect example. But do you think your dad watches the podcast? Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Someone's going to like pass along. I know my mother does. I know Lenny's mother does. Every now and then, Lenny, good old Janet will give us, like, what's up, Janet? Lenny's my favorite character. Right? They're always watching Sorry, yeah. again. All right, well, Mr. Mr. Tilly. My dad's story is exactly what we're talking about. Where it's, these people don't go to PT sometimes. Is my dad is a great guy, but he like he played softball like ten years ago in a slow pitch league, right? And he's like, oh, I'm like gonna get back out there and play. So my dad has zero <laughs> zero like background for this, and he goes out and he goes super hard for three hours, like in the outfield and then pitching, right? Which is not fast pitch, but he like texts me and he's like. Hey, I think my shoulder's a little bummed. Like, can you help me out? Like, I just need some exercises. And I like ask him to move. He's like, No, it's fine. I got a little motion. He really got a huge shrug side. He can't move his arm at all. He's like, Yeah, just you know, it'll work itself out. <laughs> like, so many people like don't have a problem until something either like flares up for a day or two, or they like can't raise their arm. Like, huh, this is probably a problem. But then like three weeks go by, and like, Nah, okay, I'm did better. He, did he have surgery? No. Right. Wow. He didn't go to PT. Wow. And never used to we, don't, we don't know if he had a mess. Exactly. Yeah. But the reason I bring it up is I told my dad, I'm like, okay, this is a warning sign. Like, he probably right. had symptoms before, had right. issues before. Right. And I wasn't just going to let him blindly not do anything. I was like, yeah, you should do these exercises at least. Like, warm your arm up a little bit. Like, maybe try to add a couple exercises in. But like you said, right. you can't leave these people like, oh, nothing nothing is hurting or nothing is lost motion. So he's like, you'll be fine. Keep going. There's a reason behind why the cuff is probably irritated, whether that's a structural like thoracic kyphosis or something like that, or they just get super excited and go play three hours of softball. Yeah, and that's probably what happens with most people is they, they have chronic postural adaptations, chronic degenerative changes of their tissue, right? And then they go pretend that they, you know, they're 10 years younger than they really are and they do an activity they haven't done in a while. And that starts to kind of cascade a little bit, right? So I think that right there gives you the answer that we shouldn't just ignore these. We shouldn't be content with the fact that they have an asymptomatic symptomatic MRI and that's normal. That's not normal. If it wasn't torn when they were born, <laughs> it, did that just rhyme? 
Wait, 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 let's come up with something. If it wasn't torn when you were born, it's not the norm. You oh, must grab the bull by the horns. <laughs> you must grab the bull by the horns. <laughs> T-shirt time. Buy, buy a, a little, little bull with a cuff tear. <laughs> I, I mean, if, 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 if it wasn't that big of a deal, then we wouldn't have a rotating cuff. So it's not supposed to be torn. So I think that's kind of the point right here. You, so if somebody has this or somebody has a small tear, there's definitely some, some things we can do. Let, let's shift gears for a little bit here and, and try to conclude with this. What is our rehab strategy on this person? What is the key to their success? Who wants to jump in? Yeah, yeah I think you got to look at their function. Obviously, you do a full assessment of them, but I think it's it's going back to the basics of restoring as much passive range motion as you can, restore active range motion, isolated strengthening of the rotator cuff and the scapular muscles, and then go back into some more functional type training. Probably mod- if they are doing any training now that gives them symptoms, you modify in the short term and then gradually progress them back to what they want to be able to do. And we probably see this more and more with people in younger generations, probably now, was 50s now, probably 40s, maybe even late 30s in the aggressive fitness athletes, Dan. And they have these, they're having these rotator cuff tears, you know, and they're, you know, again, they're hopping on Instagram and saying that I should work through this. What, what do you tell those people? Uh, it's tough. It's like two different populations, right? And I think we get flamed sometimes for trying to pull athletes back, you know, because it's supposed to be this hopeful, hopeful message that everyone can, can, can kind of heal and, and adapt and get better. Um, it's challenging because it, I think it's similar probably, we don't have the research to support this yet, but to like, let's say, a baseball player where they're going to have asymptomatic cuff tears and labor pathology sooner than the general population. So it's a tough thing to answer because um, I've definitely worked with some people in their 20s that have pretty bad cuff tearing and the thought is like, well, can I continue? Should I stop, right? And then here's the thing, most rotator cuffs over the course of time will tend to worsen, you know? Right. So you have this whole idea of adaptation. Is my tissue adapting because my pain's going away? Well, I'll tell you what, your pain can go down and you can get stronger, but your tissue can also be getting a little bit worse. Right. So that's pretty challenging. I think that um, looking at symptoms is going to be important. It doesn't give you the whole answer. Um, I will tell people to go in every few years to maybe get it checked by the doctor again see if the MRI is not worsening. Uh, the only reason for that is because there is a potential that you could get a contracted tear, excuse me, retracted tear, um, potentially get more arthritis and not be able to get the surgery that was better, right? right so right. reverse total shoulder versus shoulder replacement. Um, you know, because I see people that are in their 60s that are doing high-level CrossFit that have a, a good amount of arthritic changes in their shoulder. And uh, at that point, it's kind of like, what do I do? What do I not do? Is pain a guide? Is it not a guide? And I don't think we have all the answers. So yeah, we're definitely getting there. And then I, I would just share one kind of last thing with like my like experience with some of this. I've actually back in in the in the early part of my career, we used to do a ton of elderly people with massive rotator cuff tears that were irreparable. Right, and that's one thing that uh, people don't get about people like Dr. Andrews down in, in well, he was in Alabama, but you know, it, like he still he still did surgery on. He treated everybody in the community too, not just the pro athlete guy. So he had a ton of like people just massive like chronic rotator cuff tears that were irreparable, and uh, we had great success. We actually, I, I mean, it, it d- depends on you how you define success with them. But we got them lifting their arms again. We got them pain free. We got them doing really well. You know, we always went back down to this whole suspension bridge concept that we always talk about. I forget, who came up with that, by the way? Is that Rockwood? 
I don't even remember now. The Rockwood and Matson book? I don't even remember, but so the suspension yeah. bridge concept is you think about like, you know, you get your shoulder and you're looking at it from above. Like if you think of a suspension bridge, as long as your anterior and your posterior rotator cuff are really, really strong, it's okay if you have a tear on the superior aspect, your supraspinatus, because those two can kind of steer the ship. The anterior posterior cuff can allow them to elevate their arm still. And we got a lot of people super functional just by just getting their anterior and posterior cuff as strong as we can. So obviously again, like you know, the more massive of a tear you have, that's a problem. It starts extending into the infraspinatus. But then, man, you better focus on the Terry's minor. So you better know different exercises. You better read the, the article that we've published in JOSPT that talks about these different EMGs because you have to be able to hit that Terry's minor a little bit more, for example. So there's definitely, uh, you know, things you can do. So, uh, so I guess to answer... Yeah, you can definitely be successful. I don't think you want to be that guy riding your high horse right now saying that nobody should get surgery, MRIs, it being asymptomatic or normal. Like, yeah. I don't think we want to go that, that far was, down that the road. That, that's a little too far with that, but yes, we can be successful. Mike, what do you got? Just to throw a wrinkle in there, like, where, this is a question that I kind of have. Uh, where do you guys think like biologics injected uh, injectables like PRPs and even anti-inflammatories, corticosteroids and cortisone kind of fit into the rehab process for someone who has a medium to large cuff there? Good, good question. Where so I've actually. <clears throat> Um, at the meetings I've been speaking at recently, um, there's been a lot of good physicians that are big on the biologics. You know, the guys out in Chicago at Rush are doing a really good job. Brian Cole is like kind of like one of the leaders in that. Um, and I've heard him speak now a few times on biologics. So, and then obviously anyone jump in if you had experience. But I think right now, like the the results are, are getting there. And I think the idea and the concept of biologics on these people are there. I don't know if it's there yet. But... Another thing to consider here, if you have a full thickness retracted tear, I don't think biologics are going to help with that, right? So I, I don't know how much biologics are going to help with a big full thickness retracted tear. Maybe if you have like a partial thickness undersurface, I think is what we're going to look at. So, you know, good question. I don't know if it's going to necessarily help that. It might help with the reconstruction or the repair. That's what I was going to say, is say. to augment it with the repair. So if they can do some kind of PRP or stem cell, which I don't think that I've seen, it's working yet maybe yeah. we, don't, we need i don't know if we know yet we don't know yet but the concepts there in biologics yeah. are getting better i think that's the other thing to do is you know as fda you know regulation stuff yeah. like changes that we'll get there and, so. then, and then even also um almost like the um like the internal brace that we use for ankles and elbows you know we're starting to use non-human tissue you know what i mean collagen scaffolding for um for these these tissue types that failed in the 90s and 2000s early 2000s that you know trying to use different materials Gore-Tex and stuff like that like in ACLs and I think we're revisiting this new concept or we're revisiting an old concept and seeing promise um, so I think that's something to keep an eye on superior capsular reconstructions things of that nature we have uh, tears and areas that were never repairable before and function was lost we can now use some of these new materials newer materials and there's this newer promise so we're definitely making gains Awesome. Great question. Thanks so much for asking that. Obviously, if you have a question, head to MikeReynolds.com, click on that podcast link, and you can fill out the form to ask us questions. Ask us anything you want. We'd be happy to try to get it on a uh, future episode. And uh, yeah, thanks. Thanks so much for listening to the podcast. If you have a question you'd like us to answer, head to MikeReynolds.com slash podcast and fill out the form to submit your question. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And please share this with your friends to help spread the word. It would really mean so much to us.
Please check out all my online courses, articles, newsletter, and more at MikeReynolds.com. There's always a ton of great perks for my newsletter subscribers. And be sure to check for my other podcast, the Sports Physical Therapy Podcast, where I go deep into topics and interview leaders within our field. See you on the next episode.